Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that didn't take itself or the game too seriously. I am JB on this, the midweek domestic podcast where we talk all things domestic UK rug- uh, rugby, mostly English Premiership, I might add. Uh, and to my left is Phil Logan. Hello, Phil. Hello, Jonathan. Whereas down the line in the shipping container, drim- drinking dessert wine, I-, I think, it's Tim Corker. Hello, Tim. Uh, just, just regular, regular wine, but with dessert. Ah, right. Ah, nice. All right. Um, I'll tell you what I've got into recently with dessert. Have you ever had orange wine? Never even heard of it, mate. No. So it's, it's, well, it looks orange. It's white grapes with higher skin contact, and it generally has, is a little bit sweeter. But I find dessert wines way too sweet. Agreed. They're too sweet for me, so... They're for children. If you can get an orange wine with your next dessert, I would recommend it. An orange wine? Why is that different to a blush? Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. But you, you know don't about know. things like this. I don't, I don't do wine as such. Yeah. I, I tend to do white wine. That's about it. Yeah, I, I, I think I share your taste in wine, as mm. in... Very dry white wine. Yeah, the reason I think I t- share your taste in wine is the only time I drink wine is when you give it to me. <laughs> and I quite like it. Uh, right, well, so it, that, that's our Greece, weekly wine catch-up done. So, uh, well, I, I, just add, I would just add, in, in, in Greece, the, the kind of local house wines that you get, um, you get it by the lit, uh, by the kilo rather than by the litre. The kilo? That's how, yeah, that's how, um, that's how the Greeks get around the tax Laws for wine. No. So do you, do you want- anything that's sold in liters, you have you, gets taxed. Anything that's sold in kilos doesn't. So Genius. olive oil, wine, all gets sold in kilos. Of course, it does. Frozen and then sent off as kilos. <laughs> uh, would you like to know some so what, Greek tax laws? What, what I will say is, 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 is it's super. It's super cheap. Um, really nice, except when you drink it not in sunshine and in Greece. It's one of those... Greek wine is one of those things that's absolutely disgusting if you try to have it in England. Now, I know a drink just like this. Um, It's called Guinness, and you drink it in Ireland. But when you try and drink it over uh, over here, awful stuff. Doesn't travel well. Doesn't travel... um, Actually, that's completely possible. I love Guinness. And if Guinness want to throw some money at us, that's absolutely fine. It's one one of those myths that Guinness seemingly... Uh, perpetuated or might have at some point perpetuated in order to get more people into their factory <laughs> before they realise they're actually discrediting their own product everywhere other, other than in Dublin. Exactly. Um, there's a Coors Brewery in uh, America uh, and they make a big deal out of it being um, I don't know the water from the glaciers of uh, Colorado or somewhere and then they all opened like another plant in like St. Louis but it just happens to be exactly the same molecular water it's fine don't worry about it but uh, well, we're, we're on to it would you like some would you like to hear some Greek tax stories would I <laughs> yeah exactly um, so I don't know if you I don't know if you know about this but Greek is, Greece has been through a, a, yeah, a fairly turbulent time economically Yes, and one of the things that they found, few bailouts, three bailouts, yeah, something like that. And one of the things they found out, unsurprisingly, is not everyone was paying exactly the amount of tax that they went, they went to do. <laughs> so they used satellite technology to find what item, Phil Logan? What item? Yeah, uh, they're yachts. Close, super yachts. Very close. Swimming pools. 
So they used satellites to find swimming pools in order to work out if these people who are wealthy enough for for swimming pools are actually paying their fair fair share of tax. They also waited outside nightclubs, right, to spot supercars to interrogate those people (laughs) about their tax returns. I love that, by the way. I'm I'm all for that. Um, and and I, can, I can add to that. I can add to that. The way that the tax system works is if they, it's nothing to do with your income. It's like, oh, you have a car. Oh, well, we, we need this much from you then. Oh, what, how many bedrooms do you have? Right, we're going to tax you. Then you have a swimming pool, we're going to tax you. And that's part of the reason why when you drive around Greece, there are loads of um, buildings. Oh, is this the unfinished building? The top floor. Yep. The, the top floor isn't finished because then they, they don't have to pay the tax until it's finished. And they just they just have the top floor never finished. Well, I think we have the same rules here with, v, uh, with VAT. If you finish a, a building, then you have to add VAT to it or some such thing. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's some weird... There's, I mean, we, I mean we, we could do a whole different podcast on tax. I mean, if there's demand for it, <laughs> more more than happy to do so. <laughs> Um, tax chasers, tax chasers coming soon. But let's let's focus on the premiership. Well, well, yeah, let, this... let, let's focus on thing altogether less taxing. Um, um, I, although this weekend's fixtures, partly because of the weather, they, they were not the most exciting bunch, were they? I disagree with you. I disagree <laughs> with you wholeheartedly, Phil. Again, so, for the for the purists. Uh, well, let's start with uh, what I would consider my get game of the week. Um, start with such stars such as Johan Mayer, David CC. Um, Keen Kelleher, Joe, Joe Tamani. A- any guess where I'm going with this? Joe Tamani, yeah. Uh, Padovani was playing. Padovani, yeah. Oh, like, the, some the, big names. Scott Fardy. Two talented Burns were both were playing. One of which is apparently is the future of um, of Irish rugby. Um, uh, sorry, three talented Burns. No, four talented <laughs> Burns. There's two on the bench. Wow. So um, let me just go through what happened in, in, in this game. On the 50th minute, there's a substitute. There's three substitutes on the 50th minute, followed by a fourth. A 52nd, there was a substitute. 54th, there's a substitute. 62nd, there's there's two more, four more, three more substitutes, and then three more to end the game. And all the points were scored by 20 minutes, and it was 3 0 Leinster away at Zebra. Now, that is a game. That is a hell of a game. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm, wow. I, the th- I'm sure this was on Premier Sport. I'm sure this, this was, was the game, game, game of the I'm week. I'm sure this game game of the day because I nearly watched it. I thought, well, Pre- Premier Sport have billed me for this year, and I wasn't aware that I, you know, was on a direct debit, a yearly direct debit, <laughs> with them. So I nearly watched it, and I'm devastated that I didn't. Though, what a game! <laughs> that is your kind of game. Yes. Have, you, have either of you ever been involved in a three nil or three three? Funnily enough, three three, three three. I'm sure I was involved in a game, right? This sounds so bizarre. And the more I think about it, I wonder if it was a dream. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that I was involved in a game against Rochdale where we could not see the post and we won 3-0. But maybe I wasn't. Like, I've got vivid mem- vivid memories. <laughs> wow. Which are, you know, let's be honest. When it's all said and done in the careers of all of those players and they're in the bar somewhere and they meet up, they will never ever forget the game yeah. that was three nil. We, in fact, we will not forget it because it's so unusual. Yeah. So, uh, don't slate it. It is a thing of wonder. Most of that Leinster team will be, they'll be tripping over Pro Fourteen medals. <laughs> they'll be everywhere, everywhere around their house. They've got too many. They, they just don't know what to do. Like, with them. Um, like the old gag about um, about Michael Schumacher and his Hungarian Grand uh, Grand Grand Prix trophies. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, three nil to Z uh, to Leinster away at Zebra, um, and that was the pro, the pro fourteen. They had a they had a good, good weekend. The Premiership, um, wow, lots of stuff going on this week. Yeah, um, some interesting games. We we don't need to go through them all in huge detail, but if we start on Friday night. Who would be a Bath fan? Bath hosting Exeter. In admittedly dreadful conditions, but I was certain that Bath were going to get hammered in this one. Oh, I was I, absolutely certain of it. I think I said they were going to be smashed into small little porcelain pieces after being hit, hit by a hammer. Yeah, um, um, but this nope. is. This I said. I, I said. I did say. I thought Exeter would win by a smidge. Yeah, yeah yours was the closest, and this sort of yeah. rang true to me in in the end. Uh, that, Tim, what made you think that? Because I, well, because Exeter had struggled a bit in their first game and yeah. 
Bath are always strong at the wreck. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at this team now. It's got, obviously, the team came out on Friday. And it is the full front row. Their club captain is playing hooker. They're, they've got basically almost everybody, uh, including Stuart Hogg. Including Stuart Hogg. Who had Hogg a good game. And Sam Simmons. They're missing a couple of England centres, um, albeit one is not with England, in Devoto and Slade. They're missing Noel. They're, they are missing... Um, White's not back yet. They're miss, yeah, they're missing Nick White. Uh, they're missing Woodburn, Burton, O'Flaherty and Cuthbert and Hogg. You've got a very good back three. Now, I think, having watched the game, the, the conditions did play a massive part in this game. But Bath... Uh, they got taken apart by Bristol trying to play this very simplistic brand of rugby. But it's a very sim- simplistic brand of rugby that, if conditions are awful, will do very well. Yeah, I mean, you are sort of banking on it being monsoon season every <laughs> yeah. week, aren't you? For the for the next <laughs> nine months, um, until mid, mid-July. Yeah, and why even play that Mercer, if, if that's the case? Yeah, you've got to have one out. You gotta have one man who's gonna be in the in the four. <laughs> why even bother? Gonna make some some meters. Yeah, um, Mitchell game. I, I can't help but think that this Stuart Hooper thing is gonna end in horrible misery. But let's. It was a good performance this week. Oh, as in, sorry, it's a good result this week. Well, they win with twenty five percent possession. <laughs> I mean, it's it's remarkable. But the, you know, and man, a match was actually Zach Mercer. Um, yeah, so. I just don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a, a Bath fan. They've got all this talent. They never get any, um, any access to it. I don't think they're, they're probably going to have the leadership to get the most out of it anyway. Um, it's going to be a pretty tough season, even with this, even with wins like, like this. Moving on from there, so we had Northampton Saints hosting Worcester and a fairly convincing um, five-point win for Northampton Saints, who scored five tries through, well... And pretty much entirely through their outside backs, um, and despite some difficult conditions, playing some very nice rugby against Worcester. Yeah, I didn't see a, a, the, any of this. This, this is—I've seen the highlights. This was some nicely finished tries. Furbank took his tries very well, um, and entirely predictable as a result. Northampton continuing their good start to the season. Um, yeah, I'm not sure it is entirely predictable. I mean, I thought Worcester would have a little bit more to, more to say, to say about this, particularly with a good win against uh, Leicester in the opening weekend. Well, they had some some Duncan Weir penalties early on in the game, kept them in it, but late on second half, Northampton Saints backs opened up. Mm. Uh, Tim, did you get to watch the Gloucester versus Wasps game? I didn't watch that game, but what? Just jumping back, just briefly to to sort of tap into what you just said you, you thought Worcester would show up better because of the um you know they, they showed up well against Leicester and you know now we've seen but I, I guess my my general point is the more we the more we're seeing in these players the more we're realizing what an outlier performance was or oh they only played well against that team because that team's not very good mm. so I, I think we did say last week you know it, to go into the wreck will be a test of was that a great Harlequins team they came up against or are Exeter not quite where they are and similarly you can't judge Worcester as having had an incredible win against Leicester yeah. at home well good win when you see how poor Leicester are yes that is fair uh, Leicester who are missing a, a good number of players oh yeah but of course yeah Leicester are not playing well and, and, and this this weekend again is it's a difficult one to judge teams in the wider context on just because the conditions were so bloody awful. Mm, agreed. Um, just, just very briefly on it, on, on Exeter, I, I don't want to go back into that game. I do just want to say, though, um, that I think there's a little question mark or at least there's a big there's a work on for Joe Simmons as their 10 going forward. Brilliant when it's good conditions and when they have loads of attacking threats, but he got outplayed by Reese Priestland who maybe can't do some of the things Joe Simmons can do that will score those five-point bonus point winning try wins. But you've got to have different gears. And I think mm. that's, that's a, 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 a bit of Joe Simmons' game that he can work on and get better at is just controlling a game when, when it's really tough. Do you know what one of the biggest shames is about the Friday night game? is how much I look forward to it. Like, from the minute I wake up on Friday morning until Friday night, 
And the amount of games we've had on Friday night, which have been absolute stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> just because of the rain. Stale ba- the stale bath one. Do you remember that one? No, that was it. That, that was 6-3. Six, six, that was amazing. That was literally <laughs> one of the best games that, that, that I've seen. Um, but, no, I, I, people think I think that I'm joking when I say this. I genuinely am not. The best 10 minutes of rugby ever caught on camera was Sale away at Bath in the corner, 10 minutes of scrimmaging, resulting in a yellow card for Bath. I, to, to Henry Thomas, no, uh, no less. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll spend all night reminiscing about scrimmaging over the years. Okay, so uh, Gloucester Wasps. I thought yes. this, this was really interesting. Uh, I watched the whole thing. Um, just a few things on Gloucester. Anyone think that they've got more than a little in common with um, Australia? In what regard? Their backs. I mean, only Australia have a set of backs which are so well-rounded than forced into different positions. So, yes, Danny Cipriani is your out-and-out starter, but Atkinson, Twelve Trees, Marshall, Woodward, they can all do lots and lots of things, including kick kick the sticks, kick out a hand, run, distribute. I mean, they've got such a varied skill set in, in that back line. Yeah, that, it's a good point. So I would say if you're comparing it man-for-man man with the, the uh, Australian first-choice team from this World Cup, that would be wrong. But the the more general point about the the talent and players who can play in multiple positions is right. Yeah, they're um, they they're really. I, it's a talented backline. Yeah, I mean, with, with really one, coming into, I'd say coming into some form, but that's not even correct. They're not coming into form. They're, they're just carrying on from where they left uh, left left off last year. Yeah, they're building on that last year, and they have the advantage of being uh, very having very very few. Um, World Cup call-ups Yeah, true um, uh, There are a lot of alarm bells ringing here for Wasps So I have done just a little bit of a calculation I do not see Wasps winning a game Potentially until round six And I'm not even sure that, that they win it in round six Wow So let's just have a look at this So next they've got Bath at home Okay, so that's that's the winner. So the reason I've come to round six because I thought about which teams have struggled from from last week. Thought Bath aren't going to win for a while, but they have, and then Wasps won't win for a while. So this was like their crunch match. If they don't beat Bath at home, they've got Sale away. Yeah, not happening. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Bordeaux, uh, Orgen, don't care about them. Exeter at home. Uh, it's Exeter. Uh, Exeter, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, Exeter. A- Exeter, Exeter, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, then they've got Harlequins. This is round six, I think, at the Rico. And that is their next winnable game, I would say. They've got a good chance against Bath. It does depend on the conditions. Yeah, I mean, I just think Bath have more, slightly more talent, frankly. This will be, this will be a disappointing game for Wasps. Um, but a decent enough game for, for Gloucester and it, I thought the, the two try scorers finished their tries well and I thought Joe Simpson will be very pleased to score those two tries against his former employers who were happy to sit him on the bench and by the way what a weird situation that these two clubs find themselves in so obviously Gloucester have got Wasps old halfbacks from a few years ago Wasps have got Gloucester's old half, uh, old scrum half from a few years ago, and now they've also got Velicott as well. A bit of a mirror, all a bit of a mirror image. I have to point out this: Fekatoa is so disappointing. I know it's not his sort of conditions. Definitely not his conditions. But two games running now, immensely disappointing. And for him to get a yellow card, a bit, oh, a, a bit of a stupid, such one. a stupid one. Which was, I thought it was a bit harsh because he hits him in the body with no arms, rather than the head with no arms. But man, you, if he hits him in the head with no arms, he's, it's a red, it's red. It's a red card. Yeah, it's so a red. I, I thought it was. It's, pro- pe- it's probably. I thought it's a penalty, even, but then it's a yellow card for your for your stupidity. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, mm. don't be stupid, Tim. Uh, I, I didn't see this game, but, uh, but what I think, as again, now we're actually seeing proper, meaningful games uh, and able to compare. I have been really, really impressed with the highlights that I watched of this game and of the way that they ground out a win up at Sale. I'm really impressed yeah. with uh, this this Gloucester side. And, and also, just jumping back to Northampton, I had big, a little 
alarm bell when I saw Northampton in pre-season just shipping tries for fun and like against them. Wasps went to Franklin's Gardens and 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 beat them and cut them to shreds at times. And when it actually really matters and when it comes down to it, what Chris Boyd is doing at Northampton is very very exciting, and what um, Johan Ackerman is doing at Gloucester. Very, very exciting. Agreed. Yeah, and Northampton, they only conceded against Worcester in the 79th minute. It was pretty mm. much the last play of the game. Uh, did anyone notice Gloucester's bench? Uh, was it a 6 2 split? Yeah. I noticed Pelledry was on in there. It was a 6 2 split. Freddie Clark, Ben Morgan, Jake Pelledry came up for the bench. Terrifying. <laughs> I mean, Freddie Clark's a guy who doesn't get much of a mention. The guy's six foot four, 114 kgs. He's bloody enormous. And he had he had a very good game against. I think it was Leicester last year. Yeah, where, he did. Where he, when he gets the opportunity, he is a very powerful runner. Crikey, those three off the I bench. Just to, I was glad to see Ben Morgan back. He's in my fancy rugby draft team, and I was glad to see him get 20 minutes. He's primed to start the next match now. Come on, Ben. I mean, that is important, stuff, isn't it? I mean, that's, what, <laughs> that's what the listener wants to know about. They want to know about your... That's why, that's why you were bothered about Fekato's yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the sentiment, and thank you, thank you, Tim, for mentioning my 138.5 points in um, fancy rugby <laughs> this week. <laughs> Yeah, Fakatoa let me down big time, and I, I don't well, easily forget these things. I, I've had two yellow cards in two weeks. Boise last week, and then Nathan Hughes this week. I'm furious. Quick, quickly getting a reputation as the dirtiest team in the league. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> um, your, uh, your your magnanimous uh, nature through your two opening week victories, JB, is reminds me of something that I forgot to mention on the last podcast, which is that when I was approaching the Wales South Africa uh, Wales South Africa semi final. Yes. Uh, yesterday, uh, two days ago on Sunday, yes. I was thinking on Saturday, uh, Sunday. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, of course, I'm, I'm back in Wales. I'm, you know, I, I really want Wales to win. I know their players. I met a bunch of them. They, you know, I, I feel an affinity to them. But in the back of my mind, genuinely, I was thinking, actually, do I want Wales to win? Because can you imagine if we played Wales in the final? If Wales managed to win, how unbearable. Welsh people would be <laughs> you know the, the one combination of final I didn't want I, I do love I'd love that England are in the final I'd love Wales to be in the final but I did not want an England-Wales final I couldn't deal with it I, I was supporting Wales um, yesterday morning but I was thinking if Wales win this it is going to be horrendous hell, hell on earth the stress of the next seven days you're short six, six days you've got no sleep you're short tempered yeah snapping at everyone imagine if they win Imagine if we win. Imagine if we don't win. <laughs> um, Next game. Harlequins. Quinn, I, know, I got two results wrong, the, uh, wrong this week. Um, first was Exeter and the second one was Harlequins. I thought Bristol Bears were going to kick on. If they're going to be a top four team, they need to win these sort of games. Again, conditions. Bristol do not play a brand of rugby that's, that suits this. These conditions, I don't buy that. But that is, but that is, it's something they're going to have to work out. Yeah. If if they're going to be top four, they've got to. And Tim, you mentioned it rightly last week. They they have tightened up their game a little bit. Um, they are not trying to run from underneath their posts at all times. Um, and but this this is a tough place to go in tough conditions. Hang on, because Quins are a decent team. So you, I know what you're saying, right? Which is um, these conditions for it. Pat Lamb won the top 14, uh, the Pro 14. Didn't win top 14 yet. Yeah. Um, with Connacht. Yeah. On, on on the Atlantic coast. Yeah. Like, I I just don't buy it. You, you know, they, they are good enough to win, and I don't think the conditions should really affect the way that they play. And just look at the Gloucester game. Yes, Gloucester got some um, pretty hard-nosed tries. Oh, did you see the uh, the way that, uh, the way that Simpson scored? Uh, which one is first or is second? Second. Which, dive in from like 10 metres oh, out his first try oh, was that the first that was his first oh, yeah where he, he, he kicks it th- kicks it through and I thought he was going to kick it again but he picked up and slowed down but that was on like the 22 took another three or four steps and then gets tackled dives just, in and Ludlam helps him over yeah Lo- love that um, that was brilliant yeah, uh, Bristol Bristol can uh, can and should be scoring using the style of play that they used um, Gloucester scored 
with a ridiculous offload uh, from Woodward to Taylor. So it can be done it, in bad conditions, and these guys are good enough, or they, sh- or they should be. But it, no, it can be done in the right areas of the pitch, is, is my point. Yes, okay. And the more you play high risk rugby further down the pitch, the more you risk um, conceding or not making the yards that you should do. Now, there is a storyline here, which I do not know how it's going to end, but it's definitely something worth mentioning. Um, we said it last week, but again, Ian Madigan has not made the Bristol bench. He's not made the, you know, the, the match day team whatsoever. Well, Yeah, so that, that was, that's not surprising that he's not starting. That's not the surprise. It's... Uh, you, you, you do wonder... Well, yeah... No, you just kind of imagine that Pat Lamb, he seems like a stand-up guy and that he is selecting who he thinks is just the best. You don't get the... I want, I don't know, maybe there's something behind the scenes where Madigan's working and working out an, an exit and he'll be off somewhere soon. I don't know. But... Do you think there's a... Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, well, in, in my mind, odd. he's fully fit. He's very expensive. M- money tends to play. There must be something behind the scenes which, is, which isn't right. Well, he's so it's the young lad, isn't it, Lloyd, uh, Johan Lloyd, yep, who scored last week and has been on the bench again this week. So maybe it is just a combination of uh, comparable talent but better future potential. Okay, so let's just say that uh, Madigan is d- disposable now and yep. he's available to sign. Is there a Premiership team that desperately needs a fly half who who would take him on? I would see him going to France. I think I'd see him going to France too. Because part of the problem with the Premiership is everyone's salary cap. Everyone's spent up to the salary cap. Oh, yeah. there, I mean, there will be a couple of teams who are potentially not, but not many. I can see him going as a medical joker to France. Yeah, because you've got to assume they are in the same situation. They've spent all their money on all the available players that they can possibly get. But for the, for the sake for the sake of this, who in the Premiership would most benefit from Ian Madigan? Because the obvious choice would be London Irish, but they've they've got a fly half. They've got two fly halves. Yeah, uh, Jackson and Myler. Right, right, right now for a short period of time, probably Saracens. Yeah, you're probably right. Very short period of time, but we're not. Allowed, I'm not allowed to talk about the thing which I'm not allowed to talk about there, so that's fine. Um, well, maybe we can mention something. Uh, there's been a couple of articles this week. Oh, has there? Let's let's maybe mention something at the end. Okay. Of the pod. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, I can't see him being a natural fit anyway. I think no. you think you're right. I think he's going to have to go to France. So I think he won't leave Worcester. I, I no, because you've got um, Weir and Lance, and Big and, then, dunk. and then Mills can step in. You, Worcester don't need him. No, I yeah, I I, so I I think he will stay at Bristol. I don't arguably, know what arguably like. Arguably, wasps. Maybe Lima Sopawanga is. It's it's kind Average. of not clicking there. No, he's he's. They, they have got um, what's his name, Billy Searle. Billy Searle, well. and also Gopeth's coming back. But you know, you mentioned Gopeth last last week, Tim, and being like the missing piece. I don't. I don't see it. I, I don't see. I mean, I, I don't see how he helps them that much actually, because twelve isn't really the, really the issue unless he goes back into ten. Oh, so I I think twelve is. So I think the centre partnership for Wasps is really important because hmm. they, they've been used to playing with two playmakers. And at the moment, you've got De Jong and Fekitoa with Watson at fullback. So in in the past few years, you had Cipriani and Gopeth, or then you had um, Gopeth and Willie LaRue at fullback coming in and doing that playmaking. Now you've just got the one. You've just got Sopoanga trying to pull all those strings. So hmm. I think I think Gopeth would be very good for them. And, and also when... Minotzi comes back in. He is not a playmaker. No, no, he's, he's not. not a Willie Roo well, or a Curtly Beal type. I, I guess Le, I can't say his name. No, Le Bourgeois or Le Bourgeois or yeah, Le Bourgeois. Um, can definitely play. That's why they have played him at twelve for exactly the reason Phil talked about. Yeah, mm. but, but he he's is, not of the he's not of the caliber. He's not a Gopeth or a Willie Roo car- uh, caliber. There you go. So uh, disappointing for Bears. I think they need to win the win these sort of games if they've got any pretension of being a, a top four team or even top six team. Because yeah, it, it's, top six is going to be tough for anyone to make it. Uh, now I we think do- that's quite a harsh. I think that's quite a harsh way to characterise Harlequins that you, because 
they're I think they're going to be comparable to Bristol or maybe a bit better. I think I think Both. I think I think they'll absolutely... be better. I think they'll be closer to top four over a season. Well, I think you're absolutely right, which is why it's important that if Bears are talking about being top four, they need to beat teams like Harlequins, who we perceive to be slightly better than them anyway. I think this will be the kind of game that the home team wins and the away team wins. Oh, sorry, the away team loses, the home well, team wins. we all know away wins are very important in the Premiership. They are. As are bonus points. They are. And Sale managed to do both. 41-7. Biggest winning margin in the, in the, in the Premiership this, this weekend. This week. It, and from what I saw, uh, a bit of a beatdown. An absolute beatdown. <laughs> I don't think it really got going until about half-time. But then after that, they just absolutely smashed them. Yeah. It's a it's a good performance, a good win, and London Irish will be uh, looking at how they can improve things because it was not exactly a good performance from their guys. Yeah, uh, playing Cell this year is going to be very very tricky for a lot of teams, home or away. And one of the most Im- most impressive things was uh, the Van the Van Rensburg try. Now I've been a little bit cri- uh, critical, not critical, but concerned about Van Rensburg because he's somewhat larger than he was when he first arrived. You, you mentioned larger... his conditioning, didn't you? Yes, I mean he's certainly larger than in his prime in the Lions maybe two or three years ago when he might have been one of the best centres on on the planet, certainly in Super Rugby. Uh, and my worry was that. He slowed down a bit, so he's looking at gaps where a quicker man could get through, targeting these gaps, and then those holes are closing. Well, he seems to have found a little bit of pace, and that, for me, is absolutely massive, because if they get him going, he is going to be an absolute nightmare. Because he is strong as anything, strong as you like. He's absolutely enormous. Yeah. And also, if he wants to get paid more money, I would learn how to throw into lineouts. <laughs> Just as that, that little backup, so they don't have to take you know an extra hooker on the bench or some such thing. <laughs> I'm just looking up uh, what his listed is. So he's he is uh, one inch shorter and fi- five kg lighter than Malcolm Marks. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe it at all. I think he's probably heavier than Michael. Michael might, well, this is his listed weight. Yeah, he's definitely bigger than Michael Mox. So seven, 17 stone 2 compared to 17 stone 13. He, gen, genuinely, he has got the biggest thighs of any man I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, speaking of big thighs. Yes. Guess who I saw in Sainsbury's this morning? Sainsbury's sale. Oh, Will Griff John. No. Um, You're very, very close, though. Um, Ross Harrison. No. Uh, Jake Cooper Woolley. No. Avian uh, Lewis Roberts. No. Um, Joe Jones. No. Um, uh, 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 Come on, uh, sale props. Uh, Connie Oosthuizen. No. Jesus, uh, how far down the depth chart do, do I need to go? The Russian one. Oh. Um, Valerie Morozov. Mo- Morozov. I was going to go Flynn then, but he's but he's left. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he is a big boy. <laughs> now. According to the uh, the rugby app, which I'm currently using, what app is it that I use, Phil? Remind Ultimate Rugby. Thank you. Um, That's Brian O'Driscoll's. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because you have to pay in it euros. Is. Ah. Okay. So, de- so straight, into, straight into Brian's bank account, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. He probably got his his sort code account number from uh, from the from that. Payment. Yeah, quite. So, um, Dr- Drico Centre Limited. <laughs> so, Brian, I might be asking for my money back because um, they, these are a few of the things your app says. Uh, Aka van der Merwe scores. Who takes the kick? <laughs> um, one of the Dupree boys. Correct. Rob Dupree. John Luke. Nothing unusual oh. there. Rob Dupree with a drop goal. Denny, Denny Solomona scores. Who takes the kick? Um... Daniel Dupria. Still Rob Dupria. Okay. In fact, Rob Dupria takes all of the kicks until... The Rohan Jansi von Rensburg try. Yeah, in which in which case, Johan Jansi von Rensburg takes a kick. Now, this might be true, but having a little bit of knowledge about sale shocks, I can't imagine that it is in any way true that van Rensburg took that kick. It's certainly not reported that way on ESPN. Is it not? Is it? No, it's, um, it's Dupria. Robert no, Dupree. It wasn't a quick drop goal because there was a dubious uh, try, potentially, which is what I just thought it might have been. But 
No, good. Oh, we've, no, 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 it was, a, wasn't yeah, it was a good try. Um, someone that I think our listeners should be aware of, a guy who played again, Bevan Rod, this loose head from Sale, coming through the academy, 20 years old, believe you me, boys, uh, very, very good player. Uh, the sort of player that, break, that breaks the line and then offloads from the back door. Very, very impressive. So there we go, Sale, away win, bonus point, as expected. Um, everything seems good there. And there was one more. London Irish did, uh, did this the last time they were up. They won the opening game in the in the London double header, and we all thought, oh, oh no, maybe they're going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, and then the wheels started to fall off. They have got a lot of players to come back in, but then so do a number yes. of teams. <laughs> yeah, um, agreed. And speaking of teams with players to come back in, the game this afternoon, uh, which was also an away win for Saracens who travelled to Leicester Tigers. My word. My word. Like, there are alarm bells going Leicester. off at Wasps. There should be alarm yeah. bells going off at Leicester. Not good enough. How much... I mean, you said in our, in our sort of season preview, you predicted the most improved side. And I, I can understand the prediction. Um, the most improved side would be Leicester. But ha- on the strength of what we've seen, albeit they have players to come back in. But like you say, so is everyone. And... Do you th- how much better than 11th do you think Leicester are going to get? Um, well, currently, zero points from two games. Yeah. Uh, although they were denied a... There was a disallowed try that prevented them from getting a losing bonus point, or at least having the opportunity for a losing bonus point in this game. The but but they are firmly rooted to the bottom of the table right now. Unless I've got this horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. The people they're missing are all in the back line. Is that correct? Um, Young's Labanini. Ford Labanini's Labanini. in the building He's in the building But he's not playing Yes uh, Tufua Taufua um, Back row Yep Calamaphoni Back row He uh, played today Dan, Dan Cole and Ellis Genge Yes Those two are going to be vital They're going to be absolutely vital um, Because They're just not good enough Now the most the disappointing s- thing scrum, was, The kids did well in the scrum yeah, I mean, I get that, right? But if you watch their their open play, this is the disappointing part. They've got Mike Ford on the staff now, and Mike Ford can really coach. To have this amount of time with these players and for them to, to look so disjointed, it is worrying. And I tell you, the other worrying thing, I mean, they've got bags of talent in lads like Kyle Eastman. Can't stay on the field. And I'm, I know this is not a revelation to Wasps fans or Bath fans. Or and, Mike Ford. Or Mike Ford, frankly. I, I think... I, it, it breaks my heart to say this because I think he's probably the most talented guy in the league in, in some respects. I think you've got to move on from, from Kyle Eastman. Because if you're preparing for him all week and he's playing great, you must feel you've got a real good chance to go in and win this game because Kyle's playing and he's amazing. And then you get to the actual game and he lasts 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's a real problem. They'd be better off just using someone else, accepting that they're a lesser talent, and you know, moving on because it's not good enough. Um, the, wor- the worry for... Leicester will be and it was something that was referenced by Alex Anderson uh, in his post-match stuff with BT Sport which was very good which will the England players that come back Saracens are working on the premise that they will be available for seven league games yes I heard that seven league games now that does assume which Saracens would be right to that you uh play them in a significant number of European games uh, and you also play them in the finals as in the um, playoffs in the Premiership yep. but assuming that you have them for seven games because of their limit on playing you're also going to get guys who have got significant knocks or significant injuries like Johnny May mm-hmm. um, I would suspect he might play the final might play the final um, he will not be playing for at least a month after that um, at least, probably longer. So, I, how how much they can get out of those stars, and it, it it actually be a very interesting question to Leicester if they think they've got those guys for seven games. Would you just play all of them for the same seven games, and ch- hope and think if we can win seven games, history tells us we will we will stay up, or well, do you spread them out and think well if we have two or three of them for. Um, 14 games we've got a good chance of winning those 14 or a number of those 14 games yeah I, I don't I honestly don't know the answer um, 
they just looked so so off the pace. They had one intercept try. That's basically all that they offered. Um, you just look at that pack. They've invested in the second row. I get it, Labanini's in. He's a true world-class talent. Although, you know, will he stay on the pitch? We don't know. The other two guys, I like. I, I think Will Spencer's a good player. I, I think Callum Green is a good player. But they're the sort of players who are good at Newcastle and Worcester, not Leicester Tigers. I mean, Leicester Tigers need someone like Matt. God, I mean, the the difference, right, between Mario Toje and George Cruz compared to Will Spencer and Callum Green is night and day. I mean, that's what Leicester need. Um, that's what every, every team what, in the world would like that. Yeah. Well, they're not going to win. Yeah, any. of course. What I would say is there are other clubs who are oh, Saracens, the team that Leicester were up against. They sign Richard Barrington from Jersey. Exeter sign Harry Williams from Jersey and Jacques Vermoulin from who knows where. And <laughs> yeah. these, guys, these guys come in and do really well. So I think to say that Callum Green played well for Newcastle is... You sort of think if Callum Green had gone in and played for Saracens or gone in and played for Exeter, he would have looked like the Callum Green that played for Newcastle or better. Yeah. Well, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. But, you know, look, sometimes, Tim, you get a player, don't you? As you've mentioned, like a Barrington, OK? And you put them into a high-performance environment. Before you know it, they become a high-performance athlete and a, and a great player. I get that that happens all the time. But they are around world-class players before they get to that world-class, you know, point. What Leicester have got is not a world-class pack or a world-class outfit. You're asking these guys to come in and be the world-class player. And that's a slightly different pro- proposition. Yeah, I, I can. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm just having a look. Um, yeah, also it's Callum Green's second stint at Leicester, so I mean they obviously know what they're getting, but uh, I, I, you know, I feel that they are still lacking quality despite their signings. Mm. Oh no, 100. percent No, that's that's kind of why I sort of posed the question, like, um, how much better? To do, I mean, because it was it was uh, well, only you know go only go, it was only ten days ago or so. You said Leicester are going to be the most improved side in the Premiership, and well, I mean, they only well based on historic performances and nearly getting relegated last year. I thought that would be an easy call because I think the Premiership yeah, is going to stay know. relatively relatively static because everything's so competitive. Now I'm thinking uh, maybe about the same, you know, Could top top of the top of the and bottom again, four. If... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's that bottom four mix that they're, that they're looking at and things improve substantially soon. Um, Saracen side, Ben Earl, awesome. Yeah. Um, took, took his two tries very, very well. Matt Gallagher, I really like the look of. I loved how he came into the line. I love I loved the, the pace and the speed which, which he put um, put onto the game. Um, they're, they're just kind of like we mentioned last week or the week before, they're just using this to make their second string get even better <laughs> I mean this looks like this Saracens team looks like a mid-table premiership team that's not um, that's not a knock uh, which it might be until their stars come back because yeah. they, they, they have beaten Leicester but Leicester who are currently bottom of the table apparently they played six internationals today uh, Saracens did so Maitland <laughs> Lazowski Lamasatelli Wigglesworth Lamasatelli Ezekwe. Skelton. Skelton, uh, yeah, yeah. Skelton, Ezekwe. Clark is not a full international, is he? Is he not? I'm sure he is under Lancaster. Uh, I don't think he is. I no. think he is. No. He's not. Squad. He's, yeah. He is not Lancaster's kind of boy. Yes, he was. No, he's not. He was. I'm telling you now. Breaking elbows. That's, not, that's not what Lancaster. No, no, because he was... He def- he's definitely played for England, full team. I guarantee you, and I guarantee it was in, it was in the Lancaster. Uh, I'm just having a look. I know my Stuart Lang. I know my Stuart Lancaster history inside out. Uh, that is a different, different person. Let me just get this. In fact, I reckon he's had multiple caps. In fact, I know he's had caps. He, I, I met him in Twickenham. Um, in the in, in England in the England post um, pre-tournament press conference when before the Home World Cup, so he has got one cap yes! from, from 2015. Knew it. So under Lancaster. Knew it. Not Lancaster's kind of boy. 
Exactly Lancaster's kind of guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, there we go. Shall yeah. we do... So there's two bits to do. Do we do predictions next week first? Tell me what these are, these articles are doing the rounds about Saracens, please. Yeah, what's, what's doing the rounds there? I yeah, what is doing the rounds, which would surprise us, because we don't know anything about this. So, there's there's been... I've seen two articles in Mail Online. Um, the first one suggesting that um, disciplinary action will be held and uh, will be postponed until, or certainly any action in the release of the report wasn't suggesting disciplinary action. Any action in the release of the report into um, Saracen's salary cap um, investigation will be held until after England leave the World Cup. Okay. So that was the first one. The second one was as a response to a tweet that went out from Saracen's account with a little news story talking about the departure of one of the directors. Now, this director happens to be someone who has been Nigel Ray's business partner... For over 20 years. Well, one year more than I was born. Uh, sorry, less than I, uh, they've, been, they've been alive for. I think they got into business in 1985? Uh, something like that. It must just it was a long be, time ago. must just be a coincidence. So, it's, it was very interesting. Does he count towards the salary cap? <laughs> he won't unless he played any minutes last year. He won't have counted towards the salary cap. Uh. Um, as a sixty-year-old, I don't think he did get any game time actually. Do you not? Um, but Scout Brits got plenty of game time. Um, but it was just the timing of the tweet was the most interesting thing for me because the timing of the tweet from Saracen's official account went out during the first half of England versus New Zealand. So that is a premeditated tweet to send it out now i'm not saying that means anything at all i think it means something i just think it's an interesting time the first thing i thought when that went out was it's a good day to bury bad news yep Uh, i think it means something i I think it means something very serious um tim what what am i allowed to say tim well, I think Phil's just done a, a cracking summary, and, and we're really, and and but so from what from what Phil said, yes, I, I, that is a peculiar time, isn't it, to release the information about a official? Now, am I right in saying this director was directly responsible for managing Saracen's salary cap? Uh, not the salary cap. He certainly, I think, he had involvement in investments with Nigel Ray and potentially with some of the players and Nigel Ray, Mm. which is one of the primary elements of the investigation. It's these uh, auxiliary or secondary investments that Nigel Ray has made with certain players. So annoying. Wiggy9 Limited, Vunprop Limited, that kind of that kind of thing. So, So... I'm gonna. I'm what gonna I'd say is, if 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 there's a, just keep half an eye. It'll be hard and to, to care uh, next Saturday or on Saturday, I should say, uh, around about eleven a.m. But it's it's just worth keeping half an eye. So um, half time in the World Cup final. So there are rumours going. See if they anything else out? Yeah. So there are rumours going around about you know what could be in this report and how serious it is and i have been previously rumors other people have as well we're not going to talk about them now because they're of course just rumors rumors but me and phil are friendly with a fella who does pr for a living and uh, quite interesting quite interesting angle this he was saying that quite often you'd release a rumor inform informally in order to pave the ground for a lesser sanction, should one come down? Yeah, which which is quite an interesting way. And I actually thought, so it depends who you're trying to placate. Mm. So if you make it, if you release a rumour of a harsher punishment and then give an easier punishment, you will placate the Saracens fans but they only make up one-twelfth of the league or less than one-twelfth of the sport of the league, you would potentially incense the other clubs in the league. If you were to do it the other way round, so suggest a very minor punishment and then 
go for a harder punishment, you would placate the other clubs in the league more than the, than Saracens. So it's 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 an interesting strategy. Do you know what I don't get with this whole conversation? I don't get the idea that CVC would not come down hard on a breach of the salary cap. Because the, the the logic goes, if the salary cap has been breached, and we don't know if it has or, or hasn't, we have no idea, but every all the other owners would have to vote for, vote for the sanction against Saracens, and that won't happen. And then there's the thing about, oh, well, CVC won't care, it's only 2% of their portfolio or whatnot. I mean, I've never, ever met an investor who does not care about a enormous investment which they've just made. And just because it's not relatively enormous, people it's, do care. It's still hundreds of millions of pounds. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's an area that they're expecting massive growth in. Exactly. So you know, anything that prevents their massive growth that they're investing and anticipating it is an issue. Yeah, is they, a big issue. They didn't put 200 million into this to get 201 million back. <laughs> you know, they, they think this is going to be huge. And a lot of this value in the premiership... With How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It'll be the salary cap. And if it's, if it's if a salary cap exists for some people, but not for others, it'll be a farce. Yeah, totally if discredits it, the, exactly. the entire that, league. The whole value of the league is tied up in this salary cap. So, they've got two options. They enforce it harshly, or they don't enforce it at all, and it's a free-for-all. Those are the only two options that they've got to keep their credibility. So the idea that CVC don't care about, about it because it's a throwaway investment is 100% incorrect. If anything, it's going to make it so much more serious yeah. because it's no longer the, the plaything of wealthy individuals who can get around together and say, "Oh, do you know what? We'll sweep come on, and let us off. Yeah, come we'll on, let guys. you off, off on the next one. No problem. No, 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 no. This is the big boys' table now. It does matter. Yes. On that note, we haven't got long to wait, have we? So, not. I can't wait. Another for this another week. It could be. It could be nothing. It could be. They, they might have points added. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. We simply don't know. We don't know. On that note, right, let's quickly do next week's fixtures. So, on Friday, we've got Bristol hosting sale. Uh, oof. Sale. Give me sale. Tim? Um, at Ashton Gate... Uh, yeah, I do. I'd, I'd, mm, Come on, I'd, Tim, get on the bandwagon. You, you know, hey, the, no, I've, I've, I, I, I said, I said, I think Sale will get top four before the Premiership started. Um, Bristol, just. Oh, they're not going to get top if they're not beating Bristol away. They're not getting top four, mate. It'd be tough for them. Yeah, give me Sale. Um, then we've got Northampton versus Harlequins. Northampton. Give me Northampton. I think Northampton... Uh, I'm not thinking that they might be dynamite. Saints as well. What a brilliant, brilliant um, 
And actually, do you know what? I, I want to correct myself on on last week. I was sort of um, when I was talking about Saints uh, having played against Saracens and beaten them. I was saying, well, look how many players Saracens have got away. Actually, look how many players Northampton have got away as well, mm. and they're still operating at this level. They've got a lot of good players to come back. Yeah. Indeed. So, I think a lot of this side uh, and a lot of what Chris Boyd is doing, and I think this game is the most exciting of the weekend on paper. I, I think you're right in that. Um, next game, so Saturday, we've got three games. We'll, we'll, we'll all be uh, probably three sheets to the win by three o'clock yep. after, after the... Oh, sorry, just before yeah. we go, what's everyone's plans for the final? Uh, I'm having a, a few drinks, a few people around at, at my house. Tim, you're still in Greece, yeah? Big, big shit. Yeah, fortunately, I'm not. A lot of people have asked me, actually, oh, God, if you were flying during the England game on a Saturday, if you were away from me, that would mean you're flying. But no, I thought about that much. I did think about a World Cup final, so my flight is on Sunday. So That, um, that would be, if, you, if then, you had another flight, I would say, send, send Kate and the kids on the first flight. You're going to get one yeah. four, six hours later. A, a day That's later, exactly maybe. Mm, a day, so, it would have to be a day later, but yes, that's yeah. exactly what I would do. So um, I am, um, yeah, I'm, I, rather than go to Kalamata, which is the local airport, where there's only flights once a week or maybe twice a week, uh, I'm I'm going to Athens on the Sunday because I want to watch the World Cup final. And there's a whole, there's going to be 20 or 30 odd people exactly where I'm sat right now. Oh. Um, so I lots was... Of, uh, lots of... My, cheap Greek wine. My plan is <laughs> kilogram, kilograms ki- ki- on it. Yeah, kilos of <laughs> Greek wine. Kilos and stuff. <laughs> yes. So I was going to go out to Wales because I sort of hoped Wales might get through to a final. Yeah. Well, they're not, which means uh, friends of mine want to would rather go and work in car hire businesses than uh, come, and join, <laughs> come and join me for a beer and watch the World Cup final. But fine, it happens. Um, so I might... I might come back to Manchester and hang out with you, Phil, and have some, yeah. ne- have some Negronis. We've got quite a good lineup. Going to be some breakfast Negronis. There's going to be some some bubbles, but only uh, Prosecco and Mimosas, unless England win. Ooh. And then I'm popping Who are you going to be supporting, JB? Who are you going to be rooting for? Oh, England, 100%. No, uh, you love South Africa. I, well, and Faffy. Okay. So there's and a few, Lude. There's a few like, trains, of, trains of thought here. Okay. I just want South Africa to... I mean, look... I d- I'm not really the kind of guy that gets very invested in, in in international rugby at all. Really, I wasn't really that upset when Wales when Wales went out. What on earth is that noise? I don't know. Oh, never mind. So, is that from in here? It stopped. Okay, fine. Carbon monoxide alarm. Yeah, ho- hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a guy that gets too emotionally involved in international rugby. If Wales win, fine. If they lose, fine. Uh, I'm more interested in, like, what does it mean for the wider game? So I want England to win because I love the Premiership. And I, you know, I, I love watching, the, watching these players. I've interviewed many of them, blah, 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 blah. That said, I am so bored of the narrative and all of the hand-wringing. About, oh, it should be about skills, 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 skills. You know, uh, coaches aren't thinking outside the box. Imagine if everyone had great hands. I would like South Africa to win the World Cup with the narrowest, most blunt, painful game plan that they could possibly bring, bring to bear. Two carry, 1.9 carries and then a box kick. Yes, please, give me that. And that's, <laughs> what I, that's what I want. So everyone can shut up and get back to good old physical gain line, win the collision rug, uh, rugby. Having said that, England aren't a bad substitute to have in for for South Africa because their game is predicated on the values which I hold dear, Uh, which are smashing people. But they they have added some disgusting, horrible skills to it as well. Yeah, some overrated skills. I mean, let's be honest. After after Japan, yeah, it was nice. When they met South Africa, <laughs> turns out comple- completely overrated. <laughs> skills are overrated. So, I don't really mind. Right, where were we? Saturday. Three o'clock on Saturday. As if anyone... Oh, sorry, be- no, we haven't finished yet. So, are you going for a, f- a few drinks after the World Cup? Or are you shutting up shop then? My plan is, as long as I can manufacture it, to get all of the... Uh, wives and girlfriends and babies in one place uh-huh. watch the game with a few Negronis and a few uh, Proseccos okay. or Blanc de Blancs uh-huh. um, 
and then hopefully a few champagnes afterwards. Okay, yes. And then leave the girls and the babies. Yes. And boys yes. go for a few beers in town. Yes. Lunch, lunch and a few beers in town. Yes. Yes. Sounds good. I was watching the patriarchy. The patriarchy alive and well. <laughs> Do you know what that, that little that little bit that you just said, which is brilliant, and and um. You should do it, and that's the only. That's the right thing to do. That will be what morally, spiritually, website and uh, (laughs) a a feminist podcast, and used as an uh, as an example of ingrained misogyny in 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 our culture. Fine, fine. I'll deal with it on Sunday, Tim. If if the girls (laughs) if the girls liked rugby in the same way that we like rugby. In fact, if the girls liked yes. anything in the same way that we like rugby, but, but, I, I would I would They happily, like the accrual of material goods. They do. They really like <laughs> acquiring <laughs> possessions. And I will offer to Claire at the uh, final of Great British Bake Off or whatever it is, if she wants to gather people round for champagne and, and Negronis, I will look after Thomas happily. Well done, you. Yes. Now, we can watch the Premiership in town, can't we? Uh, we'll be able to find somewhere. Yeah. As long as you can watch Premiership Ship and Town, I'm, I'm in. There's a sports bar near well, Director's know. Box, um, that one. Hmm. Sorry, Tim. Oh, right, okay, maybe. Oh, oh that's good. Right, that's, that's, that's a new one on me, because it, I didn't think there was anywhere in Manchester you could watch rugby when there's also football going Mulligans, on. I think, is pretty good. Well, so these are three o'clock kickoffs. so I've, I've never actually been into Director's Box, which is on Fountain Street. Um, I've walked past it. But surely they can't be or shouldn't be showing 3pm uh, Premier League kickoffs. Ah, uh, but there are ways. There, there are ways. But it's, it's a um, well-run um, establishment. So let's assume they are not showing the live Premier League game. As long as you can watch the Premiership o'clock. at 3 o'clock, I'm in. I'm not even that bothered about the final. <laughs> so the 3 o'clock... Three o'clock games. games. We have got Leicester Tigers hosting Gloucester, which is going to be a Gloucester win. Uh, Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We've got Saracens hosting London Irish, which is going to be a Saracens win. Yes, Yes, it it is. And we've got Wasps hosting Bath, which is going to be a battle. And give me Wasps. Give me Wasps. I think Wasps at home. Give me Bath. And then on Sunday, three o'clock, when we have, are just waking up from our horrific uh, champagne hangovers, uh, Worcester Warriors host Exeter Chiefs. Yes, indeed. And I wonder how you two will be feeling next Sunday. <sighs> I don't like to think about it. Hmm. Exeter needs. I've got. They're, they're not themselves. This is a losable game, and Worcester always tend to play well against Exeter. Mm. They do. They've had some good wins over the years. Didn't they have a six-three? Yeah. Something like that at it Sandy was something Park. Something like that down at Sandy Park. It was like like nine-six or something. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent end. An an, in, an uncertain end. So, who do, you think, who do you think will win that one at, at uh, six ways? At six ways. Um. Yes. That's. Uh, give me Exeter. Give. What are we I talking about? Ex- I think Exeter. I can't. I can't, yeah, Exeter. I can't even believe. I can't even believe I'm Yeah. Of course. Give me Exeter. Of Exeter. course. There we go. There we go. Right. An uncertain end to an uncertain podcast. Um. Fine. Well, by this time next week, we'll know who the world champions are. We'll know who was victorious in um, in the sale game, as well as being <laughs> able to un- unravel many, many other. Are the mysteries of the rugby union universe? And so we'll be able to answer the question: What? How many is too many Negronis before midday? Do you think we will be able to answer that question? Uh, maybe, maybe some of us will. Yes, yes. Uh, at least we're not on strong lemon zero oh, because you know zero. exactly how many is too many. Three, three, uh, two, maybe. Yeah. It's probably two. But, but two, two. You feel absolutely unstoppable. And three, you're passed out in the stadium. <laughs> Two makes you confident enough for three. <laughs> On the Negroni thing, and maybe quite a nice way to sign off, is Sam uh, Coburn tweeted us at Rugby Podcast and said that the Owen Farrell smirk during the hacker 
was exactly the same as the smirk you give when you watch your mate try his first Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. After you're a battle-hardened Negroni drinker. Uh, yeah, hey, if you send us pictures of Negronis during the final, I might... In fact, I will. I will hold a draw and I'll send you a, a tie. Ooh, lots of Negronis flying around. There, there we go. We will hold... The, yeah, uh, hashtag World Cup, ne- World Cup Negroni on, on the morning. You get a tie if you're uh, drawn. Yeah, one person will get one a tie. One person. One person, exactly. <laughs> right, right, there we go. Fine, right. done. Uh, find me at Jay Beardmore. Find him at Cocker. Find this podcast at Ruby Podcast. Until next, next week when we'll know who the world champions are. Uh, from me, Tim and Phil, goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 